Welcome to another episode of the Disillusioned Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Z. Uh, tonight, I would like to introduce our guest, Dallin, Go- Dallin Gomez. He's a third-year dental student at the University of Utah School of Dentistry. Prior to entering dental school, he studied public health at Brigham Young University. He's the current president of his dental school's Entrepreneur Club and the creator of the Facebook mastermind group called Making Money After Dental School, which he created to help students prepare to become above-average income earners through financial literacy and business ownership. Dallin Gomez lives in Sandy, Utah with his wife and two beautiful daughters, Rosie, who's three, and Chloe, who's one, and his favorite thing to do is go camping with them. Welcome to the show, Dallin. How are you doing tonight? Great. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. We kind of met about a month ago when you started that group. I was pretty impressed and just reached out. Uh, We kind of touched base since then. I thought we'd do a little episode together, kind of get back to the core roots of this show, which is about, you know, dental students getting out of debt and into practice ownership, which seems to be the, uh, the same core message of your mastermind group. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. And you know, thanks for the great information that you put out on your podcast. It's it's very generous of you to uh, to take the time to do this. Yeah, I'm doing the best I can. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, kind of your background, how you became intrigued by dentistry, and just your uh, journey in dentistry so far. Yeah, so um, so like Zach mentioned, I uh, I'm a dental student starting my third year at the University of Utah. Uh, I started, you know, got interested to de- got interested in dentistry from my best friend's dad, he's a dentist, and spent some time in his office, and I just really liked his lifestyle and uh, the environment I was in. So I, you know, went through the process and started up, and I slowly kind of made my way into learning about business and that side of things. And then something really just hit me about a year ago, kind of, uh, more, I guess, an urgent uh, desire to start really diving into it and uh, really trying to prepare for ownership. And the more I learned, the more I realized, you know, how much there is to learn. And so that's kind of what drove me to kind of get involved with the Entrepreneur Club at my school, start the Facebook Mastermind Group to help other students and, you know, get to the point where I am today. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about this Entrepreneur Club. How many uh, people are involved in that? And what do you guys do? Do you guys meet weekly or monthly? Or or what do you guys do with that club? So it's a club at my school. Uh, It's called the Entrepreneur Group. And it's about 15 to 20 people. Um, There's probably technically a few more than that enrolled or not enrolled, but members. And people who actually come every week to our meetings, we have weekly meetings. It's probably about 10 uh, on a normal week. It's been a little bit slow for the last uh, month or so just from summer activities and we've had a week break here and there. Um, But we're getting started on Monday again. We're having Scott Luna do a webinar with us. So it's it's been a really good group actually. Um, There's a, a classmate of mine the year above me named Lauren who he is the founder of the group and he's really uh, a, he was the previous president and he got things going and he was really good about reaching out to different experts in their respective fields, CPAs, lawyers, and uh, you know lease negotiators and all sorts of different professionals who really helped us learn a lot about the business side of dentistry. So that's, that's a little bit about the Entrepreneur Club. It's been a, a great, great thing for me and for a lot of students. 
Yeah, it sounds like an awesome club. We didn't really have uh, too much of that during our time in dental school a few years ago, but I guess these clubs and mastermind groups are kind of catching fire here quickly. Um, so what's the current pulse of your school over there? How many kids are in your class? What's tuition like? What are the debt thresholds looking like for you know four years at the University of Utah? So right now, my class, uh, we're fortunate to have a pretty small class, actually. I'm one of 28. The class before me, so I'm the third entering class. The class before me has 23, and they're kind of now ramping it up to the full capacity of the school. So this incoming class that starts on Monday, actually, will have about 50, I think. So I think that's about where the University of Utah is going to keep it at. And in-state tuition, um, you know, just the tuition itself is about $40,000 a year um, with living expenses, uh, probably closer to fifty, fifty-five thousand for in-state and out-of-state. Uh, it looks like people are coming out with, you know, three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand, something around there. So in-state, you're looking at what two hundred thousand, two hundred two fifty, out-of-state three to three fifty. Yeah, I'd say that's that's about right. Out-of-state's a little bit more than three, probably closer to probably closer to four actually, four hundred thousand. Yeah, those numbers still seem a little bit lower than uh, the national trends. It still seems like Utah is one of the more affordable schools. Is, is that what you would say? Or how would it rank compared to the other schools out there as far as tuition? You know, it's very possible that it, uh, for the out-of-state cost, it could be a little lower, probably due to um, cost of living. Um, a couple of my classmates, you know, who have families and they have to maximize their loans each year, they're probably going to come out with, you know, four maybe even up to 450000 Hopefully that's not the case, but uh, the people with families, the people with a lot of expenses, uh, it could end up being that high actually. But yeah, it could just be the cost of living that, that keeps it a little bit lower than, I don't know, some other private schools out there. So is this a new school? Have they graduated a class yet? Or, or what did you say? You were the third class that started? Yeah, so we just graduated the first class in May. So it's pretty new school. Is there another school in Utah or? So there, there is, and it's actually two years newer or two years older than the, than my school. So both schools are relatively new. Uh, the other school, I think they just graduated their third class. So what's going on out in Utah? Why do they keep popping up so many dental schools? Is there another, <laughs> one, com- is there another one coming? I don't think so. Not in the near future. There, there had not been a single school for, you know, until then. And so. You know, and Utah was pumping out a lot of dentists, so there was definitely a a need for schools here. And I I can't see there being another one popping up anytime soon, though. So, out of the kids who are in your school, what percent would you say are taking out debt or taking out loans? And I guess you just said the average is probably depends on in-state or out-of-state. But what percentage of the kids are uh, taking out loans versus their parents or a family member paying for everything? If you, you had to guess. Um, I don't know of a person in my class, at least, uh, I could be wrong on these again. This is my limited knowledge. I'm not hundred percent familiar with everyone's situation, but I don't know of anyone's family who's paying for the entire thing. I do know of a few people who have relatives who are either loaning them money or, um, who are helping out with it, but not in, not completely. So for and, the most part, probably 90% or so have, have some kind of debt. Yeah, yeah. I would I'd probably say all of them have some kind of debt. 
Um, some probably have significantly less than others. But yeah, I, I'd probably say uh, 85, 90% have kind of the traditional, you know, you're pulling out most of what you need for dental school in loans. So what's the current state of all these kids that are in dental school? And when you're going through the interview process a few years ago, do these kids still think they're going to come out and, and crush it and make a boatload of money? Or are they finally starting to worry about the debt? Or what do you think is going on? Um, you know, it varies It varies person to person. Um, I definitely have met a few people, uh, not necessarily at my school, but just dental students across the country who maybe needed a little bit of a reality check and um, I mean, I think reality checks are good for anyone, but, uh, who thought they were, you know, it was going to be a little bit easier than they thought it was going to be. Um, you know, people who are going to some of the private schools coming out with over $500,000 in debt who, you know, think they're just going to get out and it's going to be easy and they're going to be able to live like a doctor, you know, I, I, I hope that that's the, the minority, um, but my my school my class is actually um, you know people are pretty level headed and uh, it could just be because of the great you know entrepreneur club we have there or the smaller class size but uh, for the most part people are pretty pretty realistic about their expectations. So what are uh, dental students thinking they're going to make when they come out of school these days? What are what are the ranges and ballparks you guys are hearing or? people coming into schools to talk to you? What, what are you guys hearing as average starting salaries out there? You know, I've heard a big range. Um, you know, of course, we've had a couple corporate, uh, you know, reps come in and they've showed us, you know, the averages and what new grads average and then what, you know, uh, their top guys average and I would guess that, you know, for the people who kind of want to go and associate or go join a corporate chain, I would assume that they're probably thinking they're going to make between 120 and 150,000. I'd say that's pretty normal. And then um I think some people who are a little bit more ambitious see the potential and see that they can make quite a bit more than that if they work hard. So what are some of the corporate uh, dental chains that are coming to talk to you guys in school out there? So we've had Heartland Dental. Um, hmm, I'm not sure I've been to every single meeting, but I know we've had Heartland Dental, a, a DSO in Oklahoma, come and talk to us. Right. Um, and I know that I've seen a rep from another local DSO here in Utah come. Um, I'm not sure if Pacific or or you know some of the bigger ones have come when I haven't been there, but you know we've had we've had a few. So where do most of the kids who just graduated from your school go to work? Did a lot of them do GPRs or specialize, or did they just go straight to the workforce? Or are you, yeah, you so, in contact with any of those kids? Yeah. So the the first class to graduate um, to graduate uh, in May, about half of them are going to some sort of a residency program. There are twenty of them total, so it's a pretty small class. About awesome. half, it may even be a little bit more than half um, between GPRs, which was a few, a few to endo, uh, a few, several to oral surgery, um, and we had, you know, one perio. Uh, we did not have a prost um, and a pedo, and I don't think we had any other uh, specialty. Oh, and a couple to ortho, um, and then. 
I'd say five to seven went right into private practice. Awesome. That's exciting. So what is your uh, game plan here? Are you starting to devise your game plan or do you think you want to specialize or what kind of path do you see for your first few years out? That's, that's a tough question. <laughs> My, uh, I just had a good friend of mine ask me that just a couple hours ago. We were just talking, um, and he's asked me several times, and it seems like it switches a lot. But right now, my game plan is just um, trying to learn a lot and trying to make relationships. And, you know, I went from trying to keep my options open in terms of location and, you know, what I want to do to now I'm, you know, just crossing the halfway point in dental school. And I feel the pressure a little bit to kind of start making some decisions a little bit. But um, I see myself either uh, buying a practice pretty close to right after dental school and, um, you know, really getting that practice running um, efficiently and, and well and growing that practice to a good size. Um, I also could see myself, um, uh, you know, partnering with other people and maybe having uh, multiple offices. And, you know, I love business. Um, which has kind of driven my, you know, me starting this Facebook group and some other things. So I, I really like the business aspect of dentistry. I love seeing happy patients. I love seeing dental practices that have happy employees and staff. And, um, and I love seeing a business be able to be efficient and healthy and uh, spit off a good profit. So, you know, I, I don't know for sure where I'm going to end up. Um, it's a tough one still. Yeah, definitely a tough question. You know, my path is still being, you know, changed and adapted every day. But um, so you guys started seeing patients out there just starting third year. How, how does the curriculum work out there? So we started seeing patients actually, um, you know, quite a bit early um, in dental school compared to a lot of others. The The faculty at my school are trying to push for what's called a three-in-one curriculum where they want the, they want the dental school the typical dental school curriculum to pretty much be finished in three years and then have the last year be kind of a mini residency. They're not all the way there, but, um, but fortunately I was able to get into clinic about a year ago, actually. So right after first year of, of dental school. So I've been seeing patients now for about a year and this last semester, um, for the last six months or so, we really kind of got into a lot of, um, a lot of different restorative. Um, we started to do crowning, we started to do crown and bridge, um, endo and, um, you know, dentures and, um, we're just starting now oral surgery and, uh, we're going to be starting pedo as well. So they've kind of waited on those two. Uh, so do you guys special- have specialists at your school or do you guys get a kind of dip yourselves into everything? Can you repeat that question? Sorry. I didn't hear the first part of that. I was asking if you guys have the different specialties at your school or uh, do you guys get the luxury of kind of treating all those patients that at a normal school would kind of get referred to the uh, upperclassmen and the specialists? Uh-huh. So we're, we're really lucky in that regard. We do not have any specialty programs at our school besides a pediatric residency program that at any time it only has three students total. Um, one year it will take two, two students and the next year it will take one and then it rotates. So that's the only one. So we're, we're pretty lucky in that regard because we get to see a lot of, a lot of, uh, advanced, you know, cases and, um, we get to see a lot of stuff. That's awesome. Do you guys do implants and ortho or Invisalign or, or what are they teaching CAD cam in your school? So we're a little bit, um, 
in terms of ortho, we're not. Uh, there are a couple students who have been able to work with the orthodontist um, a little bit at the school, but very limited. Um, and in terms of CAD CAM, they are getting CAD CAM kind of up and running right now. So it hasn't currently been in the clinic, but it's about to be a part of it. And implants, uh, we are able to do implants. And I know several of my classmates and uh, the now entering fourth year students um, are in the middle of implant cases and, uh, you know, working with the oral surgeons and the different specialists for that. So, so yeah, lots of good stuff. And hopefully the ortho and the... You guys get a lot of uh, clinical experience out there. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a fantastic experience. So besides your entrepreneur club, do you guys have a, like a business curriculum or does the school teach you anything about business or the real world or, or anything? So I, it's probably pretty... Stan uh, pretty similar to other schools you know dental schools don't really teach you the business side of dentistry a whole lot we have one class um this coming semester and we had one class in my d1 year and i think we may have another class next year but there, you know it's it's a like a once a week thing um one hour it's not it's not a whole lot it's called practice management and it just kind of breezes through everything um you know i don't know if that was your experience but very limited very limited yeah, very similar. So like we were discussing, these podcasts and mastermind groups kind of seem rather new within the last year or so. Um, would you say all these dental students are hopping on board or just a small percentage? Or, or what do you think the pulse is out there for dental students and taking advantage of all these resources? You know, I, I'm i hoping that, um, that they start taking advantage of it. I don't think it, you know, I don't think it's been a huge chunk of dental students who have, um, but I think it is growing. You know, the, you know, the, um, People finding out about podcasts uh, because a classmate here or there listens to podcasts. They tell a classmate. They share it again. I think that's how it's kind of growing right now in schools. Are you um, starting to see your uh, classmates listen to podcasts in the middle of class yet, or are they still worried about their grades and making sure they get 100 <laughs> on their next test? You know, a few of my classmates, uh, a few of my classmates and I, we listen to podcasts during labs uh, when we're you know working on the the dummies and on the type it on. So, you know, we listen to podcasts sometimes or audiobooks. And, uh, but during class, <laughs> I, I've, I've looked at stuff during class, you know, online forums and, um, and business groups and stuff. But, but yeah, I, I hope that, I hope it's a trend that keeps going. I hope, you know, through the group that I've started, you know, we're already at 1700 people almost, and it's only been created for three to four weeks. And, uh, so we've seen a lot of growth there, and most of them are dental students. So, so that's awesome. I think um, I think it's super important in today's environment. Can't wait to post our podcast on there after. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll gain some traction. Yeah, absolutely. So, what has been some of your best experiences so far from this Facebook group in the last three to four weeks? Um, you know, what kind of ideas have you learned, or what kind of people have you talked to out there? Yeah, so I reached out to quite a few dentists. Um, that you could say have had above average, above average success. And some of them are fairly new dentists. Um, some of them are a little bit more experienced, but they're, they're basically outliers. And I was hoping that they could really contribute and really uh, help answer a lot of students questions and show them the true potential of, you know, business ownership and what you can accomplish if you are, you know, 
financially literate and you learn business. And so I have, I've learned a ton and I've really enjoyed um, watching people ask questions and then having uh, a lot of experienced dentists share their experiences. And it's been a great learning experience for me. And I, I hope it's been a good learning experience for a lot of other people. And every day, you know, people are making comments and sharing great stuff. So it's a terrific environment. Yeah, no, I participate in a lot of these forums. I try to add some insight out there. But these outliers that you kind of say and people with above average success, do you think they're giving, you know, the average student or dentist out there false hope or kind of contributing to the oversaturation of students applying to dental school? Or I guess it's kind of case by case. Or what are your thoughts on, you know, people saying, oh, I know a dentist that crushes it. So, you know, I'm going to crush it too sort of mentality. So, um, in terms of the oversaturation, um, I'm not sure about that, because uh, most of the people in the group are already either about to start dental school or already in dental school, so right. I'm not sure it affects that much, but in terms of, you know, you know, maybe people seeing some of these really successful people and getting false hope, I think that a lot of these guys do a good job at stating the difficulties that they had and stating, you know, everything that it entails. They're usually not just, you know, leaving a, I made this much and, you know, I took home this much and, you know, so can everyone. But it's more like they say, you know, what it took to get to that point. Um, and that's, that's, that's what I had in mind when I started the group. I wanted, I wanted more students to see that, you know, the world, you know, you don't have a limit as a, as a business owner if you take the time to prepare, if you take the time to learn, you can do incredible things, but you can't just luck your way into success. You can't just, I mean, you, you're starting a practice in, in Dallas area, right? Is that right? Yeah, right outside of Dallas and Garland. We're hoping to open in about, uh, hopefully by the end of the month. So we've been constructing since the beginning of June and yeah, heading down the final path right now. See, that's awesome. And I'm, and I'm guessing you'd agree with me that you didn't just, you know, fall your way into that practice you know it took a lot of preparation it took a lot of probably you know experiencing some failure maybe pushback along the way trial and error and also just preparation I would guess yeah no that's true I had a great first associateship I got a ton of experience saw a lot of patients you know made some money put some money in the bank the banks obviously want to see that that you have experience and the, the ability to produce before they're going to give you a loan to buy a practice but um yeah, I mean, I definitely think you need some experience and some mentors, and you kind of have to build a team around you to uh, be successful and, and navigate the waters out there for sure. I mean, it's almost impossible to try and do it on your own. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. Um, you know, the power of, uh, you know, the more and more, I'm obviously still in dental school. I don't have practical experience doing dentistry, but, you know, the more I read, the more I, the more people I talk to, the more I hear that having a good group of people surrounding you, having good mentors, having people you can ask questions really accelerates what you're able to do, really accelerates your ability to reach your goals. You really, it's, it's almost impossible to reach, you know, some of these goals you know, by someone's, you know, by yourself, completely by yourself. Right. And I think that's, it's so valuable to learn that and, and valuable to surround yourself with good people. Yeah, I mean, I don't try and reinvent the wheel or anything. I try and just take what's worked from the practices I've worked at. I, you know, I talk to my friends who own businesses, talk to some of the managers at some of the past offices I work for to kind of see, 
you know, what they do for this or what they do for that. And, you know, kind of just take little bits and pieces of success I found from all the different practices I worked at and, you know, just trying to incorporate that into our practice uh, in the next coming weeks here. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, you know, exactly what you're doing uh, is, is, is what I, I was hoping that a lot of people could see. And, you know, because it's something I've been learning to that when you take advice and when you take um when you follow the example of people you want to follow people who've done something that you want to do you don't want to follow there are so many dentists um i don't know if you're familiar with dental town but yeah um, i used to be uh, a little more active a few weeks ago but yeah i still pop on there every uh you know a few times a week yeah like there are a lot of i've i've posted a couple things on um on some threads and i've had just a ton of a ton of these dentists who say, oh, that's so dumb. You shouldn't do this. You know, uh, you can't have, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, that's, you know, those people are, are, you know, way lucky or something like that. And they're constantly telling you what you can't do. And I think that, um, I think that we should more often do what we see successful people doing and copy the people who are the outliers and stop copying the people who have either failed or who, don't want to, you know, take risks and go out there. Um, you know, speaking of that, actually, when I studied public health during my undergrad, one of the big things we talked about in one of our classes, how um, the outliers in health, uh, there are certain populations that are very healthy people. They have low rates of heart disease. They have, they live till they're 100 years old. Uh, those are the people who we want to be, you know, studying and seeing what they're doing. Um if we want to learn how to be as healthy as possible, I think that's the same. I think that applies to uh, preparing for for after dental school as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I surround myself with a big team. I, you know, contact my CPA, my attorney, uh, my contractor, and all those managers and employees and other dentists. I still we have a uh, instant message chat with about twelve buddies of mine from dental school, and we still talk every day we you know share x-rays or questions and feedback and you just got to keep that circle going and you know it's kind of the only way to succeed in this dental dental world out there absolutely that's that's an awesome idea i hadn't i hadn't thought about having a little group of of your classmates people who to bounce ideas off of and and get advice from it reminds me of when howard Ferran was first wanting to create uh was first creating dental town and he he tells a story that he would come home and he'd want to talk about some root canal that he did that day, but he didn't have anyone to talk to it about because, exactly. um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool thing that you're doing. Yeah. So let's talk about more about the dental school and kind of the pre-dental kids out there. Um, is there still like a high demand for dental school out there? Is it still, is it getting harder and harder each year? Do you think people are, uh, finally reading the articles at all about all the dead and, pumping the brakes on the applications or what do you think's going on out there? You know, I, uh, yeah, it's all speculation from my, uh, from here, but I would imagine it's probably similar to how it's been. Um, maybe, I mean, I'd, I hope people are, are hearing about some of the trends with debt. Um, but I hope that it inspires people to do something about it, uh, rather than, you know, not come into dentistry at least, at least in all cases, right? Obviously, I hope, I, in some cases, I do hope it steers some people away from dentistry, people who don't have any intention to ever own, people who 
would just go to a private school and get over $500,000 in debt and then be satisfied, you know, as an associate in Manhattan or, you know, San Francisco. I think those are the people who I think should be steered away from it. But I hope it really instills people uh, a little bit of, you know, worry, but the kind of worry that inspires you to act. That's what I would hope it would do. But, I, you know, in terms of speculating, you know, what the trends are, I, I can't tell you. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like the applications are slowing down anytime soon. So like we said, hopefully people are listening out there, listening to the Facebook masterminds and, and our podcast, and hopefully they act and, you know, like, well, like we keep talking, get into that practice ownership as soon as possible. I think that's the only way that it uh, makes sense to invest all that time and money. I mean, no one wants to work for uh, a corporate dental chain forever. You're, you're never going to pay off your loans or, or be able to live your life at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's smart. That's a smart thing. What you're going to be doing. And did I um, did I hear right that your wife is also a dentist? Yeah, my wife is also a dentist. So we're both going into practice together. Kind of just going to do a family practice. Uh, I kind of like to treat more of the kids. She likes to do more of the adults and the cosmetic cases. So it should be a pretty good fit. We'll both hopefully be able to take care of everything and hopefully build something up pretty quickly so we could uh, start paying off our loans aggressively. That's awesome. Are you? Um... What's your mall going to be like? I know that's a vague question, but I know you meant... Uh, I mean, you... We're kind of going after high volume, low fees, you know, good service, good hours, good availability. So we're going to be open uh, Monday to Saturday, probably during the week. We're going to be open till uh, 7 o'clock every night, Saturdays 9 to 3. And that seems to be kind of the new norm out here in Dallas, at least, you know, nights and weekends. Some places already even open... I've seen 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. So, I mean, hours are definitely uh, expanding. But, yeah, we're going to start off with the uh, six days a week. And like I say, we're going to take every insurance, um, Medicaid, cash, basically everything. Uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of our kind of our model. Kind of going old school and want to be more of a community-type dentist. I feel like that's almost rare these days. So that's kind of going to be our marketing approach is to get out there in the community and show face and uh, use that to our advantage because with all these corporate offices and having a new dentist every six months, it's kind of hard for them to uh, you know, advertise a face out in the community. So I guess that'll be one of our, our main advantages. Yeah, for sure. If you look at the one of the last posts uh, just from an hour or two ago, Todd Peterson, I don't know if you're familiar with Todd Peterson, but um, he's a, a very successful new dentist and he just shared pictures from his uh, kind of summer, I don't know what you'd call it, a, a big party that he had in his community, um, you know, just an open house for his dental office. Uh, and, you know, he had free food for everyone. He raffled off prizes and everything. So exactly what you're kind of talking about, really showing your face in the community and trying to establish yourself. And, yeah, I think that's awesome what you guys are doing uh you know, you're smart wanting to expand hours uh, beyond the normal four or five days a week because more and more, especially in an environment like Dallas, you really got to set yourself apart, it seems. Yeah, I would say I do probably 80% of my production from, uh, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon onwards. So I'm not really sure how any of those dentists who work till five o'clock or, or don't work Saturdays make any money. It kind of boggles my mind. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of 
you know, you hear some of this traditional wisdom from some experienced dentists. Um, at least I do, like at my school from a lot of the attendings, they say, you know, people who really value dentistry, you know, they'll come during eight to five work hours, Monday through Thursday, and they'll tell you that. And they'll say, if you have high quality dentistry, you know, you won't need to extend your hours beyond that. But I think uh, th that's the type of advice that I think you got to be careful with. I hope new students are careful with it and realize that it's it's a totally different world today. And you know, just like you guys are doing, you got to assess the situation. You gotta you gotta really um, you know you gotta make yourself available and set yourself apart because if there's yeah, a dentist I mean, open, uh, people don't like to hear it or say it, but I mean, it's definitely becoming more of a commodity. And uh, you know, people just want to go where it's convenient, where is the best price. And I mean, service is important to an extent, but uh, Sadly, people don't really care about the service aspect as much anymore, even though, I don't know, these consultants and older docs think they do, at least from my experience. Obviously, you need at least average service, but I mean, people are definitely trending more towards, uh, you know, the cheaper, more affordable option. Yeah, I, I think I think that they, a lot of older docs maybe uh, mix up um, quality of the actual dentistry and then... Um, you know, having a business that's very service oriented. Because so I think a part of, you know, providing a service is having extended hours, is being able to t see people past those hours. Um, you know, I, I have no doubt that a lot of these older dentists do absolutely beautiful dentistry, um, some of the best class twos in the world. You know, I, I have no doubt that that's the case, but it is about doing some of the extra things that are also included in what you'd call, you know, good service. Yeah, I mean, as long as people can understand the concept that, uh, you know, dentistry is not really a eight to five, four day a week job anymore, I think you could still do great in the profession. But uh, I mean, times are definitely changing. And unfortunately, I guess you just got to work now where it must used to be a cakewalk back in the day, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think people can certainly still get to the point where they're, you know, having a passive income come in and they're able to retire early. I think that's still possible. But it's in my opinion, it's only possible through business ownership and, uh, you know, knowledge about finances, knowledge about business, knowledge about investing. Uh, you know, you can't, like I said before, you can't just fall your way into, you know, success. You can't luck your way into working three days a week and, you know, being a millionaire. That's just not the case anymore. I think it's still possible to to get to the point where you're not working a lot, but, but it takes a lot of hard work for the first, you know, several years. It takes a lot of hard work, um, during dental school even. Uh, so I hope, I hope, uh, people can see that and I hope I can keep remembering that. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right. Great job again with the, uh, mastermind group. I hope it continues to grow and expand and, you know, people continue to share ideas on there, which it seems to be. And I think that'll be a wrap unless you got anything else to add. No, thanks for thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing your success in the future. I have no doubt that you and your wife are going to be extremely successful. And I wish you the best with that and with the podcast as well. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, we'll talk to you later, Zach. Bye.